0: It's a huge responsibility, the market. You've put in Weatherfield Peoples' Yuletide Joy at stake. Right, all right, well maybe I can rearrange the appointment then. Well, two birds with one stone, Maria. As you said yourself, if we stick stalls on Victoria Street, no cars will be allowed. You'll be able to kickstart your clean air campaign. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Good. Mm. 2 p.m. sharp at mine with a smorgasbord of ideas. <laughs>
1: talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street
0: talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street.
1: Welcome to episode 182 of The Talking of the Street, an unofficial Conish Street catch-up podcast that could barely contain a smirk when perpetual hero Abby thought she could fix Sam by shouting at him. I'm Gavin.
0: And I hope Matt Granin is getting uh, residuals from this new COVID variant.
1: <laughs> the Bart variant, is it?
0: No, it's the Om- it's the Omicron variant. And uh the the alien lure variant is the ruler of Omicron Per Se 8 from Futurama. I'm such a nerd.
1: Just before we started recording, <laughs> we were talking about mass appeal.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How are you this morning, my darling? Well. Happy
0: Thanksgiving happy to Thanksgiving,
1: you. Yes, Happy Thanksgiving, Happy, Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to everyone who celebrated a Thursday or ate turkey this week.
0: Yes. Or enjoyed our picture of our bacon-wrapped turkey on Twitter.
1: You'd manage to make that. Turkey looked like a pig. It kind of <laughs> looked like a pig wrapped in bacon, which it's questionable.
0: Mm. Somebody said, so essentially, it's just it's a drunk pig in a blanket, and I said, yes, <laughs> where much. the pig is the blanket. <laughs> oh no, I'm a I'm a bit tired this morning. I was uh, doom scrolling last night, you know, reading all the uh, Broadway people. And their tributes to Stephen Sondheim, who died yesterday, which is very sad, even though he was 91. And in the process, I got into a conversation with somebody on the Twitter about uh, the Empire list of the best 100 movies and how there are nine comic book movies on there and how he didn't count Scott Pilgrim because Scott Pilgrim isn't a superhero. But Scott Pilgrim is a superhero. Is he? Yes. He has magic powers. Not every Marvel character even has magic powers. And how Luke Skywalker is more of a superhero than Star Lord. As is Paul Atreides. Yeah, I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't count Scott Pilgrim as a superhero.
0: You didn't read the books, did you? I did.
1: I did. I read the first four, anyway. Hmm. I had them all. I don't know what happened to them. us? That, we're done. <laughs>
0: So anyway, that kept me up until like one o'clock in the morning. I totally forgot to schedule a post office pickup. And Central. because yesterday was Black Friday, I have like 12 orders to pack today. So I feel like an idiot.
1: Oof! 12 things to package up.
0: <sighs> 12 things to package up.
1: Right.
0: A Scooby-Doo play set. And... Oh, and a creepy doll. There'll be one less creepy doll.
1: It's... At the point now where we lose one or two and it makes no difference. <laughs> it's like that infinite hotel with the infinite hotel rooms. Uh-huh. And one of them gets occupied. There's still infinite vacancies.
0: That's true. Sadly, it wasn't one of the clown dolls.
1: I had a nice Thanksgiving. Did you? Yeah, I thought the, um, the meal came out exceptionally well. Yeah, we did a good job. With maybe... Too much gym Beam in the stuffing.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: I was starting to feel a little bit drunk by the end of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as I told the kids not to eat it, <laughs> I think they snuck some anyway. And then I didn't get any of the pumpkin pie I bought. You didn't? No. Well, what happened to it? It got it Well, obviously. Typically, when I make pumpkin pies you and apple two. pies, I make two. Mm-hmm. But because of everything. The end of the world, yeah. You know. Right, I bought rolls and I bought pies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I only bought one of each. How was the rest of your week?
1: Apart from Thanksgiving, it was nice not to be at work.
0: Yeah, yeah, it you have nice to go back to next week.
1: Get, yeah, I'm actually in the office for the first time in twenty months for two days a week.
0: Yeah, and Nick is feeling literally- a little
1: bit, a little bit anxious about that. I yeah. was, I was thinking I was okay about it but it's going to be a little bit weird.
0: Yeah, um, it's going to be really weird here as well because Nick is moving out this week. So for the the first time in almost two years, I will be by myself again during the day, Mm -hmm. just me and the dog and the cats. Right. And there's a part of me that's looking forward to it, but there's also a part of me that's kind of freaking out. Because it's been so long since I've been completely alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20 months.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird.
1: I was kind of thinking that we'd probably get to the end of the year before they started this nonsense. Yeah, I'm we'll really kind of surprised. After the new year, but no, they're determined to get people in. I'm not sure it's going to make very much difference. People were in two weeks ago, but with our health fun, I got a stay of execution for a fortnight. So,
0: Which was nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh well. I could just breathe on you again.
1: Yeah, I was saying that to my co worker <laughs> that she, she doesn't, she hates going back and she's very germaphobic. I so said, just drive past our house. <laughs> so we'll get Stella to stand in the yard. She's had COVID. You can say that you've had COVID exposure. And that's it. Two weeks. She didn't take us up in it. No. That's fine. That's fine. I just won't be making that offer again. No. That's no. all. No. <laughs> Ah, well, shall we preamble, my dear?
0: Yes, please. I think we're, we've are uh, we gone through all of our COVID yeah. uh, material for, for the week.
1: I, again, for the, <laughs> for the 80th week on the show. Tr- now, we started, we were before episode 100 was the start of COVID. I think it was like 93 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're 182 now. So for the, we've been doing it in a covid environment for half the length of time that we've been doing it.
0: Wow. I think.
1: Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, preamble, my dear, give us some of that longevity. Corey News. No. <laughs> no. No. This one, I think. Moment,
0: Moment of the week. No. 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 It
1: must be this one then. In the be short Nope. In the be short. <laughs> in the be <bistro, laughs> short and the, the Bistro. and the Bistro. Port- <laughs> Where the fuck is going cool to the cool going uh,
0: it, Maybe it's the one on the top.
1: It's the first one.
0: <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be going in on Monday. Yeah. Corey smashed it at the Inside Soap Awards this week, taking home seven awards, including Best Soap and ooh, Acting. Ooh. Awards for Sally Carmen and... David Nielsen. Further proof that this whole storyline is just stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah, none of these assessments were have been made in the last three or four weeks, right? <laughs> but congratulations well, to congratulations them.
0: congratulations to them.
1: Once again, a little bit of a um, a clean sweep in in terms of the yeah. the awards that Coronation Street's picking up.
0: Yeah. Hopefully that. Last year. Hopefully this will stop all the naysayers who say that Coronation Street is so much worse than it was 50 years ago. No, of
1: course it won't. The people during these storylines have been saying the same thing. Right. People are very hard to please.
0: Don't get me wrong. There are things I hate about this current storyline, but we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. Oh, which one? (laughs) Don't get me started.
1: Well, I'm going to have to... (laughs) (laughs)
0: After he won Best Newcomer at the Inside Soap Awards, Jude Reardon went on to win the Pride of St. Helens Award to close oh, he out won the week. As well. Yes, he did. Wow. Yes, he did. He posted it on his Twitter 16 hours ago. <laughs> this is late breaking news. Whoa. <laughs> Jude's going to need a bigger awards case as he's also nominated for Best Soap Performance at the iTalk Telly Awards, going up against fellow cobble star Molly Gallagher. Voting for Italk Tally ended on the 24th. So good luck to both.
1: I'm starting to think he's just picking up everything. Everything that he's been nominated for, he seems to be winning. So.
0: I think... Wasn't he nominated for something for Brasic as well?
1: Oh, he might have been, yeah. I don't In fact, he was. Yeah, we talked about that last week?
0: I don't know if he won. I know... Um, what's his name? Did. Because I was talking to Scripta about it. A.K.A. Twitter handle, formerly known as the Ben Price fan page. Talking about what? Other people who won for for Brothick. I'm having a brain fart at the moment. So that's Corey News. My brain farts are your news.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Should be my tagline.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is all encompassing. This is true. On their mailbag, I'm sure the kind of WD forty is for a squeaky bed. Just a bit of euphemism right and saying it was a wardrobe door. Oh well.
0: Well yeah, but I mean the whole reason was to give him a drawer to put his undercrackers in.
1: Put his pants in, yep.
0: Yeah. So maybe it's both. It's quite then, possible it's both.
1: I kinda hope it's not a squeaky bed. There's kids in that house. And Evelyn. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Canadian Helen went in to say The storyline with Max's ADHD is So unrealistic, as usual the writers Don't do enough research As a mother of a son with ADHD, I speak from experience Wouldn't Max cope better with his ADHD as he got older, unless he has Some other condition like conduct Disorder. Max was diagnosed back In 2013 or 2014
0: mm-hmm.
1: With ADHD, so this is Something that he's been living with
0: For a while For now. a while. Well, <sighs> Max and David both mention his ADHD to Daniel. Or remember, Max uses his ADHD as an excuse, saying, Oh, his teachers have, you know, which is something that, which is an excuse we have heard from our own child with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, not all ADHD goes away. There are adults walking around with ADHD. So, you know, but. Like you and I talked about after Canadian Helen sent this, it is problematic because it makes it seem like all all kids with ADHD turn into psychosociopaths and and are and are dangerous.
1: Or excellent filmmakers. Right. And now Will Cod Will Cod past'
0: Will Cod past. Fucking hell. We'll catch fish for That's coffee. Right.
1: <laughs> A
0: podcast about fish.
1: And now we'll podcast for coffee. <laughs> Thanks to Canadian Helen again. God, this, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Canadian Helen and non-Canadian Helen for buying our coffees this week and in one fell swoop my wee target for 50 bucks to the UN World Food Programme has been met Woo-hoo! and surpassed a little bit. Woo-hoo! Canadian Helen says, Please accept my donation for the United Nations Feed the Children Fund. I hope that more people donate to a very good cause. If you want to be one of those people to donate to a very good cause, you can buy us a coffee for the we remaining days, days of November. Yeah, three so days. When's that? So, Tuesday next week? I think anyway yeah if you get
0: Wednesday oh no wait today's Saturday so yes Tuesday why did I think it was Sunday why did I think this was a list of lists podcast (laughs) it's
1: always good to be interrupted to be told that I'm wrong and then (laughs) and then I love you yeah (laughs) So (laughs) yeah so you have like let's say midweek right if you want to uh, donate and uh, buy us coffee We're sending our money for November To the UN World Food Program 50 bucks will feed a kid For 3 months And that's what we wanted to do And that's what we've done So anything else is a little bit of a bonus So really pleased with that
0: Huzzah! Thanks
1: for those donations Once Once we get into December I think we'll just be buying our own coffees for that month And now this
0: Welcome, welcome,
1: welcome. Oh, welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly talk about American nonsense.
0: Does the show do an episode about me?
1: Looks like it. <laughs> That's right, this was Kev's dismissal view of the concept of date night.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Oh, dear reader, he married her. <laughs> I was Gavin and you were thankful for all our lovely listeners. Yes. We just am. got a turkey breast last year, which I'd completely forgotten about. We didn't get the big bird. That's correct. We just got the little, little breast. Back to the 12 pound bird for five people this year. Yes. The usual parade and dog show nonsense was heavily curtailed thanks to the pandemic thing that seemed to be sweeping the nation. We saw our friend Steve and his family having their Thanksgiving sitting in their garage, remember? Yes. Was that was funny. fun. And mm. the show, Johnny, Johnny. In the show, Jenny puts the rapid deterioration of her marriage on the back burner while she becomes reacquainted with her ex-stepdaughter and her boating boyfriend. So that's a year that we've been... With Daisy. ...enjoying Daisy. Well,
0: one of us has been enjoying Daisy.
1: Leanne has been to the library for lots of big books as she contemplates teaching herself law in the 48 hours ahead of Oliver's appeal until Nick, Steve, Toya and Circumstance force her to accept an impossible outcome.
0: Kind of like Emma teaching herself medicine.
1: Yeah, I'm all for Mm self-improvement. Johnny finds it impossible to get rid of Grant, the security guard's mum, whose presence only serves to confuse events of that robbery thing four decades ago. Alia has a plastic bag theory and then discovers that Tim's dad's magic room wallpaper is far worse than she could have ever possibly imagined. Mm -hmm. Summer really has forgiven Todd, who manages to schmooze his way into games night, much to Billy and Paul's chagrin, so that must be about a year of Todd as well.
0: mm a year of new Todd. Yeah.
1: Yes. Ryan talked to a donkey. Shona is not dressed for the school run, and we all become more familiar with Oldham Postcodes. Our moment of the week was Nick and Leanne's private grief to Oliver's death, and our boning moment of the week was Summer, Billy, Paul and Todd's game night. And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. Shall we dive in I'm a dear. Yes, please. Yeah. It was weird because this was a kind of holiday week mm-hmm. which feels it feels different. Right. It has a kind of Christmassy feel, so yeah. <clears throat> you forget that other parts of the world aren't having Thanksgiving and aren't correct. On um, vacation and stuff.
0: I'm I'm surprised that there wasn't an offhand remark slagging off Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and, and turkeys and things this week. Yeah. There was only one dig at Americans this week
1: <laughs> But it did make me expect Subconsciously something Kind of holiday spectacular From the show this week Anyway Anyway. <laughs> so our first storyline this week is Max's filthy video fun <laughs> On the Monday Max is up bright and breezy and hurries out the door Before David can have a word with him At the bus stop, Summer, Ash and Addy all have a go And his hilariously bad film Max has had enough And he storms away
0: Oh, oh, and then, and then Kirk laughs and laughs at David, who says that he wasn't nearly this bad when he was a child. That was great.
1: Yeah, we went for that gag a couple of times this week, I think. In Roy's Rolls, Daniel overhears David and Shona arguing about Max and tells him that he didn't show up for school today. Someone explains about the hilarious video and sends Daniel a copy before he can refuse it because he shouldn't be
0: taking any of this nonsense.
1: Yeah. And the Rovers, Daniel tells Daisy about Max's video. Max has talent, according to Daniel. What? Well... It was awful.
0: It was, it was, it was awful, but it is kind of impressive that, you know, a kid, a kid who has zero interest in school can splice recordings together and put... <laughs> he could get a job at TMZ.
1: Daniel thinks it gave Max focus. Daisy isn't buying it. Delete it or I'll delete you, she says. At number eight... Right, before Jenny sees it. Mm-hmm, David confronts Max with a list of people upset at the horror film. David wants Max to apologise to them all. Max points out that there's no point. He's been cancelled and the video has been taken down. And in cancelled. a rage... David grabs the laptop and it falls to the ground. I hate you, shouts Max, and he clumps up the stairs in a temper.
0: Max claims to be canceled
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: I think He's being like cancelled now kid. means uh, people are slightly annoyed with you.
0: <laughs> but then you can go on to,
1: <clears> to
0: <throat> continue to have a career. Looking at you, Dave Chappelle and, and and Louis CK and uh there's another one. I can't remember. Anyway, continue.
1: Was it the same one that won the award? Didn't No.
0: Maybe. Who just won the No. No, God, no. He's a good person.
1: This other unnamed person. Yeah,
0: Joe Gilgun. See, I knew I would remember it eventually.
1: (laughs) Daniel goes round to tell David how good a filmmaker Max is. No, really, he has talent. I swear I'm not winding you up. Yes, I know you've seen it and it looks hilarious, but genuinely, I think it's at least as good as Bethany's attempts at investigative journalism. Because remember, that was a thing.
0: Right, yeah. And, you know... It is good to encourage kids to be creative.
1: <laughs> I'm just not sure who made uh, Daniel Arbiter of, of Daniel taste did. here. Oh yes, last drink. right.
0: right? He he inherited it from his father. It's the fact is, that that people give this, this any credence whatsoever. This arbiter of, you know, what is culture and what is not when it comes to the street.
1: Daniel says it's good, so therefore it must be good. Rather than well, Daniel said this is good, so, so fucking what.
0: Well, I think David is just grasping at straws and is is happy to hear that maybe his son is good at something.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I've been there.
1: Yeah. So Daniel finds Max in the community garden at night. Daniel insists that Max has a talent and with the right subject matter, he could make something brilliant. But Max reckons everyone hates his guts and Summer won't tutor him anymore, so what's the point? But then Daniel has an idea. So Daniel encourages Max to apologise to Summer and promises he'll work on something more positive in the future summer suggests billy's work at the super kitchen that'll make a good video i was really
0: concerned that this was going to turn into max unmasking kelly and making another horrible video which is exploitation of kelly being homeless and taking spice because apparently coronation street is filmed on dune (laughs)
1: Well, uh. it was about as exciting <laughs> as June was. <sighs> yeah. But anyway, well, I, that's
0: a different well, storyline.
1: Max had been, as far as we could make out, he was uh, recording several people over several days and had some extra footage, at least some of it, uh, related to the, the sinkhole and, and who knows what else he'd been he'd been recording. Correct. It feels a little bit of a waste that the only thing that he did was a stupid conspiracy theory video that was hilarious. And, and there's now going to move on to uh Billy's work in the soup kitchen.
0: I don't know. I think I think that uh the video that he took of of David and Debbie talking about That's got to come back. That's gotta come back to bite them in the ass mm. eventually.
1: So Max pretends that Summer's had a good idea and Summer agrees to be Max's tutor again. Daniel right, gets Because home.
0: she's still in love with Daniel.
1: Mm-hmm. Daniel gets home. Daisy seems to live there now, but Paul doesn't seem to live there now. And I'm just thinking that Paul doesn't live there anymore, does he? When he they does. mention them, that it seems that Paul is going to be out all night. In fact, so Daisy and Daniel get the hole on the couch with each other.
0: It seems like Paul's been gone for a while. I hope Peter Ash is okay.
1: We never see him in that flat. Remember, we it, haven't it was seen kinda, him on the street. No, but it was kind of set up that Paul and Daniel. The original odd couple living right. together <clears throat> was going to potentially have some interest. I thought that was the thing that was going to make Daniel interesting to me. But instead, Daisy that, that, has done that. That didn't happen. No.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: This week, no, because this. <laughs> week, well, we'll get to we'll get to that, but. Hmm. Back at number eight, Max comes home and explains about his night of apologies. He and David talk about filmmaking and David gives him his backing for the soup kitchen video. And they have a lovely wee calm conversation. And that seems to be that storyline over. It can't be. It can't be, but it looks like it is.
0: And then hilariously, because they are men, they refuse to hug one another. Ha ha ha
1: ha ha. And also COVID.
0: ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Don't hug me, Dad. I'm a dude.
1: So because Daisy and Daniel were in that, I'm just going to throw Friday's part of that storyline onto the end here. Okay. Rather than create something on its own. Mm -hmm. In the Rovers, Daisy has been sent some kids' clothes by a fancy company off the back of the Bertie photographs that she took the other week.
0: Yeah, because that happens.
1: Mm -hmm. And Daisy's now an influencer.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, you post pictures one day of yourself with a cute kid. Or your cute kids, and then businesses just start sending you stuff.
1: If only social media worked in the way that Soap Opera insists that it works. Right. Everyone would be an influencer. Companies would be sending everybody free stuff all the time. We'd be getting turkeys through the mail right now.
0: <laughs> and Jim Bean. hmm And stuff.
1: <laughs> Jenny thinks it's a shame that she's not going out with Daniel anymore. Aye, whatever, says Daisy. I can still... I can still hang out with Bertie. Yes. Like, oh, really, can you? Daniel drops into Rovers with homework. Daniel to mark always needs a babysitter. And is almost caught by Jenny as he tries to smooch Daisy. Daisy shows off the kids' clothes and makes out that she spent them on Bertie herself. He's a good kid, she says. Hmm. Daniel is very appreciative, but after a number of messages on her phone, Daisy has to come clean that the company who sent the clothes thought that Daisy is Bertie's mum, and now she's getting bothered by other people wanting to send clothes and stuff, and Daniel is furious that Daisy didn't set the record straight about not being Bertie's mum, right? and leaves in the huff. So Daisy goes to Daniel's flat and apologises for not explaining any of this and for giving the impression that she's making money from Bertie. Daniel is now very concerned about misappropriating Bertie's image, which uh, Adam tried to make a case for last week. Right. But he he chooses to accept Daisy's apology and suggests a picture of all three of them together. But then when she's going through her Instagram, she, he notices that some of the photographs that were taken on their theatre date have been cropped. To get him out of the photograph
0: Right, and he's very offended at this mm-hmm.
1: Are you embarrassed by me, he asks Well I am now, says Daisy <laughs> And Daniel chucks her out But he's got to go and pick up Betty from wh- whoever The
0: Childminder It's it's like It's it's <laughs> The Childminder does not get a name Their name is Childminder It reminds me of the, the Child Snatcher On uh, Chitty, Chitty, ba- Chitty Chitty Bang Bang mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I thought she did get a name this week because Daisy didn't know who it was. And Daniel says it's a childminder.
0: Right. Yeah. But he, Daisy he says re- childminder twice.
1: But Daisy refuses to leave. She wants to talk about it. Daisy admits how quickly it got out of hand and how the comments were flattering. And do you think this face just makes itself up in the morning? And Daniel snaps that the only thing Daisy cares about is Daisy. Daisy hates the arrogance and self aggrandizing of Daniel, which you can understand. Mm-hmm. Daniel says it's better than being self-obsessed. And they shout some more. Uh, and then they end up winching the faces off each other
0: Yes It's because like a bad rom-com isn't because it
1: Because it's the 1980s and we're watching <laughs> Dallas again Or Dynasty This is Alexis Snogging somebody that she's been shouting at for, for an episode or two yeah,
0: This is like it's, it's Pride and Prejudice It's It's clueless
1: It's fucking clueless alright Tell you that it reminds I me you.
0: I love you i hate you i love you
1: it reminds me of a scene from fraser when fraser <laughs> fraser is having a conversation with a, a woman who's been brought in to do the uh investment news and stock market news and stuff like that oh, right yeah uh, and they, they-, they kind of clash and they don't they're not getting on and she's just interested in, in doing her five minutes and then getting out here and, and whatever and Stealing some of his time I think mm-hmm. So they end up having an argument and they're shouting at each other You're a shoe, oh you're a, yeah. a, a half Are you as turned on as I am right now? Yes What? <laughs> no! The woman's not turned on at all And gets, oh. gets Fraser done for uh, sexual, sexual harassment,
0: harassment. But there, I, I seem to remember At least once on Fraser Him shouting at a woman and the woman shouting at him And they winch the face off of one another
1: Well that's a trope yeah, because that's what's happening. Yeah, right here. that's
0: what's happening right here. I think we've proved that this this trope surpasses genre. Mm.
1: It's <laughs> just really that's what we're going to do. Really, mm-hmm.
0: this is what we're going to do,
1: <sighs> and that takes it's us to the end of that It's Fine, life because
0: I like this coupling. Oh, I hate it. I love it. I thought the whole you know child clothes thing was kind of stupid.
1: That was very stupid. And
0: that, you know, all of a sudden...
1: How did they get her address?
0: I don't know. She would have... She They would have messaged her and she would have had to have agreed to do this. Because, oh, so
1: she's lying when she's surprised by it then.
0: Well, I think maybe she's surprised by the quality and how much is sent mm. to her. Because, I mean, I have had people message me on Instagram wanting me to promote their their stuff but it's never anything really? but it's never anything I'm I'm interested in promoting so I just ignore it it's always something that has nothing to do with anything on my instagram so
1: hmm.
0: it's dumb but you know they they have to they have to contact you first you you don't just get random packages in the mail no that would be stupid there has to be some sort of promise that you're going to wear the clothes um
1: confuses as to whether Daniel has a problem Did he have a problem with the the social media exploitation of his son, or is it more no. the fact that, that Daisy was pretending to be a single mum or was it that Daisy's pretending to be Sinead?
0: I think it's I think it's I think it's the last two. I think it's first the fact that people assumed that she was Bertie's mum and she didn't she didn't try to make out like she wasn't. And then Daniel kind of forgave her for that. But then when he noticed that she was pretending to be a single mom and that she had hashtagged only man in my life, then I think that bothered him, too. But that I think the whole Sinead thing bothered him because he will always love Sinead, his dead wife. And I think the other part, you know, got him upset because he's a Barlow. Well, and so, you know, his. his.
1: I think he's kind of right to be upset about this. I'm, arrogance I'm only, is like, up here. I'm only annoyed that he's not bothered more by it. Because eh. that, that should really be the end of it. Because anything that says about Daisy's character isn't positive.
0: Eh. I kind of think he likes the fact that Daisy isn't perfect. Because Sinead was perfect. So he's going for, like, the anti Sinead. You know, he's not going for the sweet, bubbly blonde who everyone loves. He's going for the broody brunette who nobody loves.
1: Mm. Who he's happy to have around his child. I don't know, it just seems that even the fact that she was...
0: He loves passing that child on to lots of people.
1: Of course, but the Barlow in him makes it... That that's okay because he's off doing other things and Important changing the world and, and and stuff. Blah blah blah. But yeah, I, I think both crimes are kind of sufficient enough to kick her to the curb, or maybe that's just wishful thinking.
0: I think that's wishful thinking on your part because you don't like Daisy.
1: Let's move on, and and I'm a fan of Daniel. Let's move on then <laughs> to. I don't know. It just makes it kind of makes the relationship even less believable for me that that this has been allowed to pass.
0: I don't know. I. I think the thing that still bothers me the most is that they're keeping their relationship a secret for no reason. For no reason? No reason. None.
1: I mean, he do that at the start. Kiss her.
0: She tries to kiss. He tries to kiss her in public. You know, Jenny's not there, but there are other people in the bar when he does this.
1: See, the bar on him is going to make that impossible to do. Right, yeah. Because that means that he's going to be watching her. She'll be. Achieve- more than capable of doing this right flirting with other people and right stuff. Yeah. and he'll obviously take it as being
0: i fully expected that footballer to come back this week right and i'm sure he will and daniel's yeah, for, gonna freak out
1: yeah that football player enjoyed his shite in the rover's toilet anyway moving he enjoyed on. his jobby our next sometimes it is the highlight of the day it is our next storyline this morning is a battle for roy's conscience on Monday, ah! DS Fringe is back and she's at Abby's looking for help Forensics have linked the gun that killed Natasha to a job that was done a few years ago that involved Tez Because that used a floating gun as well <laughs> Quite the coincidence, <laughs> says DS Fringe Abby pleads innocence and puts it down to coincidence dying, Denying it when DS Abney puts it directly to her mm-hmm. Seconds after speaking to the cops, what does Abby do? She meets up with Tez across from tattoo Do Nicely at the community garden Tez knows about the cops being on to the gun and he says that he won't take a fall for her. Roy is sweeping up outside Roy's Rolls and sees this exchange happening, looks on concerned.
0: Lots of people looking on concerned from doorways this week.
1: But but really, though, the cops are just off your door. They're, your doorstep is still warm from their footmarks.
0: Mm-hmm. And you call up.
1: And you call up Tez and you meet him Right, uh, in, public. in public. It's. Real? Fine,
0: whatever
1: At the garage Abby explains the lie of the land to Kev about Tez's gun Kev thinks Tez will keep his mouth shut But Abby isn't so sure if push comes to shove So in Roy's roles Roy asks Nick if they're getting any comfort from the cul- the culprit For Natasha's murder being behind bars Nick is glad that whoever touched that gun Are nervous as fuck about the recent police involvement And this makes Roy a little nervous So Kev arranges to meet Tez in the gunnel. Through surreptitious means he pretends to be Abby. But the wig it comes off a little bit right, yeah, and he
0: forgot to shave his beard off.
1: <laughs> right. In other words, Kev looks exactly like he did on his wedding day. Yeah. He tries to, uh, she t- tells Tez to keep Abby out of it. If she could protect him, she would, and it should go both ways. Dob her in and it would kill her, says Kev. So Roy goes to see Abby about her meeting with Tez, and he wants to know if the gun was the gun that killed Natasha. She admits that it is. But she promises that she'll deal with it. Roy doesn't think that this crime should spur more crimes to keep Tess quiet, and he makes a case for telling the truth. It's simpler. It means that you don't have to keep track of anything. You know, you, you tell the truth, and that's it. It's over. It's done with. Fuck that, says Abby. She can't go back to prison, and she begs Roy not to crack now. And then Kirk and Beth are in Roy's roles looking to scam some free toad. Is it toad that they want or hole? That they want? No, they don't no. want the hole. They want toad they want with toad. no hole. They want just a sausage.
0: Because it's like 30p cheaper than two sausages.
1: They've hacked Roy's menu and depending on how they go for the special, they can save themselves 30p. So uh, Roy loses his temper at this and throws them out just as DS Fringe comes in. Want to ask some questions of a very animated and distressed Roy. And later after DS Fringe has gone, has DS Fringe changed her hair this week? It there was looks, a weave of a cow's lick that she had in her. It,
0: it was lighter. Was it? I think. Either that or I'm just so used to seeing her in that really, really dark interrogation room <laughs> where they never turn the lights on.
1: Right. Later, after Dia's fringe is gone, Abby goes to check on the story that he told. He admits that he lied again and he feels ashamed and he ha- and he asks Abby to leave. Right. I and never so want does. to see you again. So Abby gets home and Kev explains his encounter with Tez. Abby has a bad feeling about this, and she thinks it's a matter of time before she gets collared for it. We're in this together," says Kev, which just makes it worse. <laughs> then Nina comes back to Roy's Rose and finds Roy in a very distressed mood. He explains about DS Fringe's visit and his web of lies, and how that gun, that, uh, and how the gun that Abby had killed Natasha. You can't keep blaming yourself," says Nina. "I'm not," says Roy. And I'm like, okay, this has just got interesting. Nina is astonished that Roy could think that she was to blame for Natasha's death Roy thinks Nina's secrecy and his belief that he could reason with Abby are both to blame he should have gone to the police straight away then Abby would be in prison says Nina and Natasha would still be alive says Roy
0: not true well
1: where would the gun have come from then
0: there are a lot of knives in that
1: house yeah but then Roy would have had nothing to do with it
0: right yeah but see, remember this was my argument last week. Harvey was dead set on killing Leanne. So it doesn't it was a happy accident that a gun just happened to float by him.
1: Mm-hmm. A little mouse <laughs> and and that. and
0: that, you know, he managed to find the one tunnel that poured him out onto some
1: nearby street, let's call it nearby
0: street, as opposed to drowning the sea with right. with Johnny. You know, that was a happy accident. Mm. But his plan was to kill Ian. Nothing was going to stand in his way, including gravity. And, you know, the way time works. (laughs)
1: So...
0: And the locks on car doors. (laughs) Right. So... So, regardless... Because... For some reason, Natasha was in that apartment. Which there's no reason why she should have been in that apartment with all of the lights off. Harvey was going to kill her one way or another. Uh, Yeah, it made it easier to kill her with a gun. But he would have choked her to death, stabbed her to death. He would have done something. Yeah, but that's
1: missing Roy's point,
0: right? But see, Roy is missing the point that it's not his fault.
1: No, it is. well, it's not that it's his fault, but that he played that he played played a part in it. That the gun that he had a chance to do something about was the one was the gun that killed Natasha. Right. If he had gone to the police and reported Abby, and Abby had gone to prison, Natasha may still have died, but it would have had nothing to do with Roy, and that is Roy's point
0: right but natasha would still have died and he but have, like but, it, would, she but wouldn't. it wouldn't
1: have been on roy's conscience
0: right but his whole thing is you know that that wee boy doesn't talk and his mother is dead because i didn't report it to the police and that's not true
1: well in roy's head and for shorthand it is
0: yeah but it's not
1: but as far as roy's concerned it is yeah and he's, and he's right that that gun was the gun that killed natasha and if he had done something about it then Harvey would have had to have done something else to make that Mm -hmm. wee boy not speak again.
0: No, because Harvey would have still gotten that gun.
1: (laughs) They wouldn't have found the
0: gun. The gun would have floated away already.
1: Not if there was no gun.
0: Right. But Roy reporting that Abby had a gun would not have stopped Harvey and the gun from floating out at the same time, is my point.
1: No, but the gun wouldn't have been there. Because Abby wouldn't have been there. Because Abby would have been in jail for having a gun.
0: No, because he would have reported it after the gun had floated away and after he had saved Corey and Abby. All of these things happened after the gun floated away. The gun would have still floated away because Roy didn't find out about the gun until Abby and Corey were already in that hole.
1: was oh, yeah, true. That told, true. That Thank you. was true. true.
0: Thank you. Nina didn't tell Roy about the gun until after... The street started splitting apart, and nobody could find Abby. That's when Nina told Roy about the gun. Oh well, maybe none it... of this would have stopped Natasha from dying.
1: Maybe there would have been some increased police presence. Or there was something. already
0: increased police presence because the street was falling apart.
1: Anyway, so Roy's blaming himself. Nice. Shorthand. TS <laughs> Finch has been busy and goes back to see Abby to explain that Tez has been arrested and has said that he can't remember. Who he sold the gun to That's a shame says Abby DS Fringe says that's everything for now And leaves And finally Abby seems to be aware of the part That she played in Natasha's death Although she seems more upset that Roy lied than Natasha died Later Nina has gone And Roy is sitting in the dark in his closed cafe After some thought he gets up Grabs his jacket and leaves And he turns up at the law office looking for Adam For some reason but Imran will do he wants to draft up the documentation to transfer everything he owns in Indiana's name. He's not going to be needing any of it anymore. I'm surprised that there's no red flags really here for from a legal point of view. I think Imran is slightly concerned. He's, that, that he's, are you sure that you want he's to do this? Quite puzzled. But you know, this what? this kind of sounds like you might be thinking about finishing yourself off. Yeah. But not like that. It may be like that. I don't know. On Wednesday, early in Roy's roles, Roy apologises to Nina for implying that she was responsible for Natasha's death. Nina is just relieved that they're still on good terms. Roy insists that his life is better with Nina in it, but he can't burden her with his guilt and he leaves. Roy goes to see Abby and asks her to sell Woody for him, but not like that. She's reluctant because she knows how much it means to him. Can you sell it or not, says Roy, and she agrees and tells him that Tess has promised to keep his mouth shut roy could not give a single fuck just sell my motor he says yeah so abby drops into roy's rolls later and lets nina know that she's found a buyer for the woody and now nina is very concerned that roy isn't coping he'd never sell that car it means so much to him after all the memories that he had with uh, with Haley. right so adam drops into roy's rolls next looking for nina's and signature and wouldn't
0: nina need a car if he's if he's if he's if he's signing over his whole estate to nina wouldn't that include woody I mean, yes, she'd paint it black and make it look like a hearse, but, you know.
1: Eh, sell it. Fuck it. <laughs> Adam drops into Roy's Rolls next, looking for Nina's signature and paperwork. Nina hasn't a clue what he's talking about, so Adam has to explain that everything that Roy owns is hers once she signs the documents, because that's how long that takes. Nina practically passes out through an anxiety attack about this. She rushes to the garage to speak to Abby. She's worried that Roy is going to take his own life and explains about him signing everything over to her. And they both finally realise that their stupid actions have had consequences. Back at Roy's rolls, Nina is calling Carla to explain her concerns when Roy wanders in. He's confused why anyone would think that he's suicidal. Instead, though, he reveals that he's leaving Weatherfield for good tonight.
0: He's going to South America to be a chef.
1: He's been accept- He's accepted a job... As a chef in South America. America. But don't get any more specific than that. So if you have to send a card to them, it's Mr. Royston Cropper, South America. It kind of sounds like
0: maybe it's for a a charity or like Doctors Without Borders or something. Yeah, this is... That's what I'm assuming, that it's for some sort of charitable organisation.
1: The wheels of this are moving at breakneck speed. Right, Again. yeah,
0: the fact that he's taken this job and that he's got his passport and everything, all sorted. Any
1: work visas that he might need,
0: right? Yeah, during COVID.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, God dear. bless him. <clears throat> so he's loved his place. a man place, of action. But recent events have served his life here. He's but not tormented. Like that. He needs to leave. Nina tries to talk him round, but he's untalkroundable. Dina has arranged for Mary, Kathy, Brian, Carla, Chesney and Fizz to gather outside Roy's rolls to make their pleas for Roy to nice. stay.
0: It's an intervention.
1: Roy looks appalled at the shoddy standard of the pleas and he phones his taxi to get them to come sooner. You're all I have, says Carla. You have a husband, says Roy. <laughs> oh yeah, says Carla. And then Roy is shocked to learn that That's Carla... different. <laughs> Carla knows something, but not all about what's been going on thanks to Nina's voicemail that she left earlier. Mm-hmm. Carla demands to know what's going on There are some things you're best not knowing, says Roy And Carla
0: gets uppity about that Because she's now a Barlow
1: (laughs) Right So Roy has now packed How
0: dare you have secrets from me
1: They're ready to leave Nina is in tears As she stands in his way Stopping him from leaving The taxi arrives and Roy thinks it's unfair to make him wait Nina calls him cruel for leaving her Roy calls it his only hope for, for peace in his heart And Nina will always have a place to call home because you signed everything over to her. Now shift your arse.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't doesn't count if you leave. You made a promise to your dying brother to take care of Nina. Mm -hmm. That means you need to be there, not just sign everything over to her.
1: Nina shifts and Roy leaves. And as Nina cries her eyes out, a black cab takes Roy away from Coronation Street.
0: And we see reflected very artfully. Even though I think it's supposed to be at night, isn't it?
1: It was at night, but there's streetlights. There there would be reflections from the...
0: From the rovers?
1: Because that's lit up.
0: Yeah, I suppose.
1: It works. (laughs) And that brings us on to this week's Hard Debate.
0: Oh, you got the right button. Good job, my Yep,
1: (laughs) But not like that. Wait, what? Did Droid just leave? Like, did Droid just leave, leave? Mm -hmm. Our options were... He's gone for good. He's probably just taking a wee break or he'll be back on Friday. So really, long term, medium term, short term. Mm-hmm. Long term slash forever. forever.
0: I would assume, since it's a job in another country, that he's not a citizen of. This would be a South short- America. No, he's not a citizen right. of South America. Right. He's not a citizen of the continent of South America.
1: Spanish or Portuguese. <laughs> which one? Who knows? I think it's just Brazil that speak Portuguese, isn't it? I think everyone else is Spanish.
0: I think Paraguay speaks Portuguese as well. Either Paraguay or Uruguay. I always get the two of those mixed up. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Gone for good. Just a wee break. Back on Friday. Well, we can eliminate back on Friday. Yeah.
0: Because he, he wasn't back on Friday. Right. But that that doesn't stop us from voting for back on Friday.
1: <laughs> well the the vote had expired by the time the, the show had aired on Friday. Correct. So it was still it was still valid. The voting was he's gone for a good eleven point nine percent. He'll be back on Friday twenty point eight percent and probably just a wee break was the winner with sixty seven point three percent. I think a little bit of wishful thinking there. And a lot of commentary that uh they reckon he'll be back by Christmas. So in a month then.
0: Right. Well, again, because he's in some country in South America, South America. where he is not a citizen.
1: He's always in, oh, in South America. <laughs> We're in South America. Yep. <laughs> he is definitely somewhere in, in South, South America.
0: America. That, you know, he would have to come home eventually once his work visa runs out. One would assume he's he's not going to be in South America forever.
1: Well, it depends on what. Well, he hasn't got a visa, but it depends on what kind of visa he's got. Whether it was a temporary or a permanent one. Right. Because I had a green card and I wasn't a citizen. Right. And that gave me permanent residency.
0: Yeah, but Roy's not going to marry a South American.
1: And nor does he need to.
0: Anyway, so I'm hoping that it's it's temporary. It seems really abrupt. It seems <laughs> like
1: you, you think so.
0: It seems like...
1: A 24 hours notice that he's managed to arrange flights to South America from Manchester, which I guess you can probably do.
0: Right, yeah. I just...
1: I, Applied for a job. He's got a job. He's presumably been interviewed.
0: I mean, David Nielsen is one of the most beloved actors on this show. His acting... Is so good, he's constantly winning awards. He's the old Jude Reardon. Yeah, well
1: maybe that's why maybe he sees that Jude's going to be <laughs> stealing the limelight.
0: Ah uh,
1: Here's why I'm concerned. He went off in a black cab.
0: Right. And, and there's reflections of
1: Well the reflections are neither here nor there, but, right, the black but it's a thing right. The black cab is rather emblematic of people leaving to pursue new opportunities.
0: Right, but it it feels like it was written in very abruptly. That this was not something that the show was planning on.
1: Well, we've had Roy feeling like this for a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, but leaving and breaking his promise to his dead brother? You know, that doesn't... Yeah, he hardly knew. (laughs) Yeah, but he made a promise, and... Roy keeps his promises. It's
1: an ambiguous promise, though. What does take care of really mean... <sighs> does it mean you're going to be there forever? Well, no, because you're going to die.
0: Right. But still, it makes me wonder, you know, if... Because remember that Maureen Lipman left the show for a hiatus after coming back because she didn't think that the show was doing enough as far as COVID protections.
1: I, I think the only things that... We have. And also and, she was in mourning. And, and there, there, there are good reasons and there, there are good things. Is that There's been no, I've read nothing, not that I really look for spoilers, but I've read nothing that that uh, David Nielsen was going to believe in the show.
0: No, until like last week.
1: You'd think there'd be a little bit more fuss if it was a, a permanent decision. I really hope it isn't, obviously. Mm. And my suspicion is that it isn't. But what really grabbed me this week was this is how it's going to feel when he does leave. Is when he does get into that black cab and it is a permanent black cab and he doesn't come back. This kind of sense of loss almost and grief of a character leaving is Very much so. is, is, is this is this is how that will feel. Mm-hmm. So they've kinda of done it in a way that it, it looks for all the world to be permanent. Mm-hmm. Which gives you that kind of holy shit? Really, he's leaving, mm-hmm. or he's left? Yeah. Ugh.
0: we're not happy about it.
1: No, no. And I really wish it was more specific than South America. Can, can we not say Peru? Well, why can't we just say Argentina? Or well, why can't we just name a country at least?
0: Yeah. I mean, at least, at least Gail said Thailand.
1: Right. And she wasn't going to Asia. No. Anyway, so on Friday at home Abby is rightly blaming herself for Roy doing a runner Kev thinks this was Roy's decision well what about Sam's mutism says Abby fuck all you can do about that says Kev and that seems to be a sufficient argument that's
0: Kev's argument for everything
1: Kev by the way looking exactly as he did on his wedding day again (laughs) later Debbie pops in to see Kev and encourages him to get away on their honeymoon after all they've been married for ages now and she promises she'll take care of Jack and he goes to see Nick and Leanne about Sam coming over later to play with Jack because the two of them are the same age and that, really, no, they are the same age. Nick agrees and tells her to pick him up from Toya's later because Toya's looking after him while they go to Oliver's grave because we have now been one year Oliver free on Coronation Street later abby and jack are kicking a ball about in the street with sam who isn't interested in any of this and is probably questioning why he's there in the first place abby wants to play a shouting game and gets quite aggressive with sam when he doesn't want to play along jack wants abby to take a chill pill for fuck's sake but abby will not be dissuaded until kev comes along drags abby away before she hits the kid. abby really was kind of out of control at that point
0: right she was Basically, Lily, last week.
1: Why won't you shout? Why Why won't you, you speak? Speak, damn it. Speak. And Sam just... Okay, so you're stable then. At home, Abby explains that she just wanted Sam to feel better by screaming at him. Kev explains a very lengthy chain of events that had to play out for Harvey to shoot Natasha, and most of it probably isn't her fault.
0: Right, which is exactly my argument.
1: Yeah, So, and you took just about as long. So Kev <laughs> takes Sam back home and then comes back home himself. Abby wants to talk about it some more, but Kev doesn't want to listen. The two of them are heading off to their honeymoon in 90 minutes to an unspecified beach somewhere. Right. Maybe in South America, who knows? Maybe. Hurry up and pack, he says. And soon they leave. Kev careful to make sure that Abby doesn't see Kelly on the street and another storyline. Correct. And that's as far as we get with that this week.
0: Yes. He's going to buy her a toothbrush on the beach.
1: <sighs> right.
0: Somewhere. Somewhere in the world where there's a warm beach.
1: Yeah. Just let me grab my toothbrush. Nope. I'll buy you a new toothbrush You can't wait 30 seconds for me to grab my toothbrush? Nope, nope. Okay <laughs> You'd rather spend 3 99 on a new toothbrush? Yep, yep. Get in that cab and don't look that way
0: I'm sure they're cheaper in South America than that Yeah um, Unless you're in um, Venezuela where everything is expensive because
1: Venezuela Because of socialism
0: Because of oil <laughs> because of the opposite of socialism
1: the price of oil so it's very hard to come out of this storyline feeling anything like positive given that Roy left on Wednesday no and it kind of shadows everything else that happened I'm quite yes. glad to see it's good that Abby is going away for a wee while because yes Sam's safe again now <laughs> so.
0: it was good for Abby and Kev to get away I think wow that's like three people who are gone And there are so many people who just aren't there, like Paul.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where's Evelyn? It's
0: really empty on that street.
1: Mm -hmm. Leanne's still there, though. She's not getting a break.
0: (laughs) And it sounds like she needs a break. It sounds like she's got like a sore throat throat or something. She
1: was sick whenever she was filming this, definitely.
0: Yeah. They're making her work sick. (laughs) But they can't get Peter Ash onto the
1: i tell you Cobbles something, for
0: a story line. Jane
1: Danson, maybe, maybe pay those union dues in future. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mo- Jane. Moving on then, our next storyline this morning, because I think we kind of, the whole, that's really Roy, and we've spoken mm. about that at a yes, length. Yes, Our next storyline this morning is, Faye is still a thing, It's still a thing. <laughs> on Monday, this, this was kind of funny. <laughs> on Monday, what I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but by God, I laughed. On Monday, <laughs> word has spread that Debbie has helped Faye, and both Craig and Tim are very appreciative that Faye might get bailed today, and Tim could kiss everyone. Sally catches up with Craig drinking on his own in the and, Rovers. And
0: Debbie makes some comment about it being 2019. I didn't understand that at
1: all. Oh, no, Sally catches up with Craig drinking on his own in the Rovers in the middle of the day. Faye is getting out and she asks him to go and set the oven on to fill the house with the smell of nibbles and she makes a joke about yellow ribbons that Craig is obviously going to take literally because he doesn't understand it
0: and I was really confused because as far as I knew that song was not about somebody getting out of prison it was about somebody coming home from war
1: we've had this conversation have we? yeah I can't remember are there two versions
0: of the song? is there one for prison and and one for returning from war? Because here on Veterans Day, people tie yellow ribbons around trees in remembrance of of veterans of foreign war.
1: Mm-hmm. So I was I was aware of the 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 jail connotation of it because we've had this conversation before. We've had this, <laughs> sure we this disagreement have. before, but I I don't know where I learned that or where I heard that. Was it Tom Jones that sang it? I think I think maybe the most. Famous version of it was Tom Jones. Maybe he changed some lyrics or something. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Tom Sally...
0: Jones, the famous American singer.
1: D- I didn't say that.
0: No, I know. I was I was making a point that, you know, Tom Jones is not an American, and, and he, yet he sang about coming home from war.
1: No, I'm saying that he came home from jail, and I think that's why we think that. So maybe he changed some lyrics or something.
0: Hmm. Anyway.
1: Sally, Tim, and Faye get home. Faye takes one look at Craig and his yellow ribbons and his welcome home banners, and upset, she runs up the stairs of discovery. She's only out in bail, she shouts. She might have to go back. Oh, pig's tits, says Craig.
0: Glad to see their chemistry is still working.
1: Bit much, says Tim. Yeah, it's a great thing from the first thing she does when she sees him is run up the stairs. Yeah. But not like that. No. So later, Faye comes down the stairs to Discovery to discover that Craig is sorry for his yellow ribbon stuff, but he ups the useless boyfriend auntie by suggesting that they celebrate her release by going to play an escape room.
0: <laughs> Where they lock you in and you have to figure out how to get out.
1: Faye is appalled. Craig realises that he's the world's biggest fanny <laughs> and then in comes Gary and Faye rushes to give him a hug Right. Craig looking and feeling like a total plank
0: because he is a total plank
1: later Faye is off talking to Sally which allows Tim and Gary to insist to Craig that Faye really cares for him despite the lack of chemistry that they have and he needs to learn to speak to her better and more so later Craig and Faye have an awkward conversation and then agree to go for a walk and maybe buy a chemistry set yes on Wednesday, Craig goes to see Faye, who is still struggling to adjust to life on the outside. Must be hell, says Craig. But Then comes Debbie and offers Faye her old job back. And despite Craig, Craig's p- protestations otherwise, she agrees. I thought we agreed that you were going to take it easy, he says. Right, yeah. And she's it's like, like well, well,
0: well, I was just <coughs> taking it easy from you.
1: <laughs> the piece Faye has fucked up someone's order. It's the Shade Girl from a few weeks ago. Is it? Mm-hmm. Faye has fucked up her order and keeps expecting to see Ray Weinstein lurking in the shadows.
0: Right. Yeah, she was supposed to get a lamb shank and she gave her fish instead and she's allergic to fish. (laughs)
1: Because those are close. When Debbie slams the door, Faye shits herself and drops and breaks a plate. Faye explains her bad memories to Debbie, who is understanding, but when Tim comes in and winds Faye up for being a slacker, Faye quits and yeah, rushes off.
0: Thank you,
1: Tim! No doubt ascending the stairs of discovery as soon as she gets home.
0: What the hell, man? Here here you.
1: So you're having a break already. You've only been working here for five minutes.
0: Here, your daughter gets out of prison. You've arranged this whole her getting her job back a little too quickly. And then you come in and you're a dick to her.
1: Mm-hmm. Tim and Faye have a chat
0: Father of
1: the Year Tim and Faye have a chat about Seb in the community garden. Faye talks like she's been away for years, not a few weeks, and Tim blames himself for the bistro stuff and asking Debbie for the favour. Faye admits that she wants to work, she needs a distraction. and Craig just isn't distraction enough, apparently. Mm. So even though neither of them work at the factory, they show up at the factory and Tim asks Sarah if Faye can get Alina's old job. Faye remembers why she was in prison in the first place, but Sarah agrees to give her a trial. Right, because, because she, she knows how to she, sell squeegees. Well, and also she tried to kill Adam.
0: <laughs> but she, but Adam has forgiven her right. because it was a case of mistaken identity.
1: And that's as far as we get.
0: Because Sarah also wants to kill Adam.
1: For <laughs> that this week.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, somebody who's just gotten out of prison should maybe wait a week or two before going back to work. In places with loud noises that might startle them, or lots of people that might freak them out.
1: Yeah, and no pool table.
0: <laughs> and no invisible cats.
1: It was quite funny, though. Craig just being the worst boyfriend in the world again. Did you think that they know that they don't have any chemistry, or is the show the show ha- trying to insist that they do, and, and we're just wrong for not spotting it?
0: It was. It was when Faye just runs into Gary's arms
1: and And Craig's left looking oof,
0: and Craig has harumph. not gotten Craig has not gotten a single hug nope. or anything, and nope. yes, I know Covid, but still, you know it <laughs> i hope I hope they break them up soon because it just it's not a relationship that that works on screen no they have no chemistry,
1: no, it just. Uh, and the but, but they are really awkward with each other so that makes me think that they know that there isn't anything yeah. clicking here right yeah because surely they could do what they've done without being awkward about it
0: and I mean it just reinforces it Faye talking about regretting not being there for Seb's funeral because you know they may not have been the most exciting couple in the world but at least Faye and Seb had chemistry together
1: yeah because they looked exactly like each other
0: <laughs> So what you're saying is Craig needs to grow his hair out and then dye it brown
1: it's a start <laughs> let's move on to Silent Sam on Monday Sam and Nick come into Roy's roles Sam heading straight for a shite The Undertaker offers his old telescope to Sam via Nick who is still looking uh, constantly in the verge of tears Nick tries to enlist Roy into tricking Sam into speaking by asking which milkshake he wants. Roy isn't sure that trickery is the answer to this but Nick is insistent so Roy tries it but Sam's words cannot be coaxed, and people have to assume what kind of milkshake he wants. Strawberry. I think it's strawberry. Back at the flat, Nick is contemplating reading Sam's notes to his dead mother. Really? Yeah, really?
0: Seriously, don't do that.
1: And then he drops and smashes the jar, just yeah, as the undertaker job. arrives with his old telescope.
0: Good job there, Nick.
1: He hands it over to Sam with an offer to give it a test drive later. Sam then spots a broken memory jar and quickly rushes off with his notes. But he leaves one on the floor, which Nick doesn't think twice about reading. It says Sam wishes that his last words could have been different. And I'm so utterly fucking appalled by Nick here. The way that he's handling this it's just is, so bad. is just awful from start to finish. So bad. But now he's reading private notes from his son to, to his, his son's dead, dead mother. mother and yes. not thinking and leanne's like i don't think this is a great idea
0: What? Well, yeah what are you doing
1: but he can't be stopped he picks it up he doesn't think twice about it and he reads it
0: you know at, at first at first i was quite forgiving of of nick because he has his own trauma from his own dead parent sure and everything it was nice and to get a just,
1: mention of that this week again
0: and he just you know just found out that he was a dad Not too long ago. So he has really no experience in it and is, you know, understandably a bit awkward. But the whole reading Sam's notes to his dead mom and just constantly, he knows this whole trickery thing doesn't work. He knows Uh this isn't going to work. And yet he's still constantly enlisting people in it. Right. You know, it's in many ways, it's worse than Abby screaming at Sam because nick should know better and sam knows that it's his dad trying to trick him
1: yeah it's like he thinks that sam's a fucking idiot right just because he's not speaking right i tell you something he's, he's probably just as well no speaking to you right the undertaker comes round, and while sam still isn't speaking he at least seems engaged and now nick Is still fucking Mr. Morose and beating himself up about the contents of the note that he had no business reading. Right. But now he's also, why can't he be engaged with me?
0: Because you're an asshole. (laughs) Right. You should just be happy your son is engaging with anybody. And maybe, maybe if you had been the one with a telescope, maybe he'd be engaged with you instead of, you know, trying to trick him with milkshakes. (laughs) Engage with him about something that interests him.
1: Try to bring Sam to the yard with a milkshake. Right. Damn right.
0: Or trying to take him to the exercise room in the hotel.
1: <sighs> Later, Nick, Nick gets remember home. he
0: tried that. Yeah.
1: He's still a misery guts. Leanne urges patience. But it's unclear if she's talking to Nick or talking to herself or talking to the audience. <laughs> On Wednesday, Nick and Leanne are getting ready for the therapy session for Sam. Nick needs to have a fucking word with himself as he's already insisting that it's too late. Leanne urges patients walking back from the tram station moaning faced Nick and Leanne compare notes about the therapy session meanwhile Sam stops and looks in the undertaker's window which sets Nick off again and once more it's Leanne who has to go and comfort the child because Nick is now essentially a post yes The Undertaker turns up at Nick and Leanne's later. He got a note from Sam through his door asking them Mm -hmm. to come stargazing so the two of them go to set up the telescope. Sam clearly happy to have someone in the flat whose face isn't tripping them Mm -hmm. and who doesn't go on about requiring patience.
0: Right, or or trying to get him to swim or use a treadmill.
1: The Undertaker is as into astronomy as Sam and is envious of the things that Sam will see in his lifetime. Sam looks like he's never enjoyed anything as much for so very long. And that's the end of this storyline for this week
0: yeah i really i really love the undertaker and and we sam together Mm -hmm. here's the undertaker taking yet another young man under his wing
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i'm really i'm really really starting to really love the undertaker
1: oh yeah absolutely all he's doing though is saying let's do this Uh if you're interested great if you're not not a problem yeah and if you don't want to talk, that's not a problem either. And I'm not going to keep on going on about it to you. Right, yeah. Let's just, I'll talk to you and you listen for as long as you like. Yeah. And when I start to bore you, you can fuck off. Right. No harm done. Absolutely. Meanwhile, Nick is standing in the corner chewing his nails. Right. Trying to get Roy a trick on he's fucking saying what milkshake he's wanting. Yeah. Bloody hell.
0: Yeah. It's almost as if The Undertaker so knows purine. something about grief. Yeah.
1: It's human nature. Right. Uh, yeah. The Undertaker is just becoming, in particular in this storyline, he has been for, for a while. You know, mm-hmm. he, he had his thoughts on whether Sam should be present at the funeral and see the body and mm-hmm. he didn't really think it was a great idea because British. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but, but since then he's, you know, he's Nick could quite easily have gone and bought a new telescope.
0: Right. Or learned learned what's coming up astronomically, like, like The Undertaker has. He's got the, you know, the calendar. Although I think Sam made the calendar and did mm-hmm. all the highlighting and stuff. And that right. the Leonids are still, we may still be able to see the Leonids and, right. and, and everything. Yeah, it would have been very easy for Nick to engage with Sam with stuff Sam's interested in. Mm-hmm. It would not have been hard.
1: But instead he just wants to stand and worry.
0: And, tri- and try to trick him
1: because get it back to normal and if i get it back to normal again then i don't have to think about it
0: right yeah it's like all the people who are so desperately trying to get the world back their world back to normal after covid mm. it's like it, these things take time and they're never going to be exactly the same again right natasha is still going to be dead even when sam starts talking again so things are still not going to be back to the way they were
1: exactly our next storyline is Councillor Maria. On Wednesday, Bobby outside Roy's Rolls, Roy bumps into Sally, whose creative juices are flowing like Niagara Falls. Oof.
0: Oh, God, that
1: was so gross. Get a, get a Tim, pair of depends on there.
0: Tim, I think your wife needs you. <laughs>
1: Need something. She, she Roy, needs
0: you to do the whole you know, realtor cosplay again.
1: Roy pulls out with a festive Christmas market idea. So but Sally like that. has to drag Maria and possibly Mary into an emergency meeting. Sally demands Maria brings a board of ideas. Sally is spouting shite about the market to Tim when and, Maria and, and then Mary arrive.
0: Maria can't do her job because this is more important. <laughs>
1: right. Mary wants to focus on food stalls. Maria has sorted out the pedestrianisation of Victoria Street. Sally's dismissive of Maria, but Mary insists that she's sorted in the paperwork. will be through tomorrow. Right.
0: and Sally's offended by this.
1: Yeah, she thinks it's because Maria is pretty and looks thick as shite, so the council feels sorry for her.
0: Right, and yet she doesn't know that the councillor that she thinks would have done this has been...
1: Sacked for being a sacked. bit rapey.
0: Right, yeah. It's, it's like Sally wants everybody to think that she's in the know with everything and yet mary knows more than she does about what's going on with the council
1: right so a by a by election may be happening sooner rather than later sally suggests that the joint forces with sally running for councillor and maria being her trusty sidekick maria offers to help with strategy and be the
0: campaign manager
1: sally was more thinking about her being a mascot maria's furious and tells her to go fuck herself but later in the rovers maria explains her conversation with sally to gary and it turns out that she's agreed to help Sally's cause, which will help her, uh, which air. will help her cause without the responsibility that goes along with it. Gary predicts that this will all turn to shite. Yes, and, and he's not wrong. Right. Sally was quite funny.
0: Sally will use Maria, and then conveniently forget all about Maria's stuff.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Calling it now.
1: Little, little filler there. I think in terms of the storyline
0: right and I'm I'm disappointed because I was quite looking forward to Sally and Maria campaigning against one another that would have been hilarious it's
1: too close to Sally and Kirk going head to head which they did the last time when Kirk was the the Weather County uh, mascot and he was running for for mayor it looked like he was going to win until he put his uh, he put his vote behind behind Sally Anyway, next up in our list of small, pointless stories is The Curry Wars. On Friday, Zidane is still a thing. He's getting (laughs) pestered at home from calls from Hashim. He pretends that he's off out with the curry van to Woomslow, but according to Ryan, the road is is closed or something, and so he won't be able to go because there's no other road. There's there's only one road, apparently. Mm -hmm.
0: Well... I've yep. been to the UK. There are places that only have one road in and not.
1: out. <laughs> Yasmin yeah, I mean, is pleased as this Zidane are in Scotland. will be able to help out. at Speed But Speed Doll, Zidane is trying to get rid of Alia and Ryan on a date and take Yasmin with them for some uh massage oil thing. Yeah, or for something. a spa
0: day. Because he- that seems to be
1: <laughs> The best way to get rid of <laughs> the people.
0: best way to get rid of people on the show is to buy them a spa day.
1: Yep. He's more than capable of looking after the place on his own, and despite briefly being suspicious, Alia rushes home to shave her legs. With the place to himself, Zidane is able to pretend that the undertaking of Eileen's meal came to £35,000 and it <laughs> they paid in cash. But then Ryan comes back early from the pampering session, and Zidane has to pretend that the cash is a tip, so Ryan puts it in the tip jar. No pig's tits, says Zidane. So later, Hashim is waiting in the community garden for Zidane because this storyline is still ongoing and we're still going through the same motions as we were weeks ago. Zidane explains the usual issues that he's having. Hashim explains that he doesn't care and that money needs to be pushed through the business. And the two of them are overseen and overheard by, by Ryan. Ryan at Speeddal. Not for the first time again on that. So those four scenes, yeah. again, just seem to be a reminder of this is where we are in the story. hmm Person A wants Person B to do something yes. Person B doesn't think that they can do something Person right. A threatens Person B yes. And we've just had this going on Over and over and over again For weeks and weeks and yeah. weeks Anytime time it's been part of the storyline Correct so Let's move on very Please. quickly then To So fucking disgrace So much going on in those two words On Friday Grace is back at the Bailey household Ugh. Aggie doesn't think Grace's recent behaviour Going out in the booze every night is fair You're a granny says Grace This is what you wanted Plus the house is dead uncomfy Maybe if she had a nice sofa She wouldn't be going out as often Sure And later though There's further agitation When Michael agrees to babysit For another night You can't babysit your own child Well, Grace goes out on the randan That's your
0: baby Mm -hmm. You don't babysit your own baby Dads
1: (laughs) Aggie isn't fooled by this But Grace insists that she has Kept to her side of the bargain And again mentions that If the house was comfier She wouldn't go out So Aggie relents And agrees to buy her a sofa in the pub, Grace gets chatting to Bernie About mothers-in-law and the tightrope that they walk Bernie is keen to get something for the house For chess and Gemma to thank them She was going to get a tattoo But but maybe she'd be better getting them something That they can Useful. actually use And Grace might be able to help She's about to come across some nice furniture To sell on mm-hmm. And that's as far as we get with that this week
0: mm-hmm.
1: What do you make of that? I think Grace is now fully A bitch <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, this is... This
1: transformation is complete.
0: Oh, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Ugh, because everybody sucks here. Yeah. Everybody sucks here.
1: Aggie sucks because she's the kind of... the the gnarky, uh complaining, overpowering And also mother-in-law.
0: because... She's allowed Grace to bully her into silence when all of this could be easily taken care of if she just told Michael the truth about what Grace was doing and went to a lawyer and said, hey, you know, we we need something in writing where there's where there's visitation for both. And everything if, if they had something set in stone then there would be nothing Grace could do and she couldn't blackmail them. You know, Michael sucks because he says he's going to babysit his own child and also because he's constantly taking Grace's side against his mother, which just makes his mother more agitated. Right. And Grace, Agitated. Agitated.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure that was worth uh, breaking your... I thought, but it was there. It was there.
0: <laughs> it was there. And, and I went for it. And I'm I'm not sorry. And then Grace sucks because she's still blackmailing Aggie. She does deserve a night out every once in a while. I kind of hate the whole insinuation that mothers aren't allowed to go out. Yeah,
1: she's going out every night, though.
0: Yeah. Well, well According to Aggie. According to Aggie, she's going out every night. And she's not, like, going out with her friends or anything. She's, she's just
1: thinking alone s- in the rovers.
0: Right. <laughs> Which... Lots of people do that without bothering their <laughs> in-laws about
1: the kids. Right.
0: I mean, I think Sarah and Adam genuinely have forgotten that Harry is a thing.
1: Yep. Yeah. So
0: it's just, I, I just, I hate this whole storyline, and I, I hope it comes to a close soon.
1: Yeah. We well, were going somewhere to get in the Baileys outside the Bailey storylines and. And now we've and shoved them we're back them again, we, we, we kind of regress back and yeah you know, yeah, what's happening with
0: from... the whole daddy and and um James thing?
1: because presumably he's left now. And
0: I would assume so because we don't see him working at the bistro yeah, anymore. Kind of
1: more interesting than the the yes, still going on very much so. Our final storyline this morning is Kelly's painfully long redemption storyline on Monday,
0: Kelly on the streets.
1: Homeless, a Bruce Springsteen song, if ever I heard one. On Monday, Homeless Stew is explaining the virtues of a fibrous diet to Homeless Kelly. They're heading to the soup kitchen, but Homeless Kelly clocks Billy, dishing out the soup and does a runner, but not before he sees her, or he thinks he sees her.
0: Right. He sees enough of her.
1: Homeless Stew catches up with her, and she comes clean about being involved in Seb's death, although she maintains that she didn't hurt him or anything, and Homeless Stew explains that they're all in this situation because of mistakes, and they need to stick together. At this point, I'm quite appreciative of Homeless Stu's uh, attitude to all this. Right, yeah. He's, he's not been, been preachy yet. I love
0: Homeless
1: Stu. He's yeah. great. He seems I, to have a, a quip for every situation that kind of grinds on me by the time we get to Friday. But on Monday, I, it's fine.
0: I don't really understand his homeless storyline, but we'll get to that.
1: Right. Much later, Billy runs into Imran and explains how he saw Homeless Kelly earlier on. And she looked homeless because she was hanging out with Homeless Stu. She's not with Laura the Chin after all. Inman says he'll get in touch with Laura, which by any reckoning they probably should have done ages ago. Correct. On Wednesday at the flat, Toya is still holding out for the police to find Kelly, plus no news from Laura the Chin. Inman and Toya are beginning to fear the worst, so Inman decides to track Laura down for himself. Again, I thought this was already happening. Right. Homeless Kelly and Homeless Stew are down to their last pound. Homeless Stu is surprised that no one is missing. Uh, kelly she tells him that she's burned all her bridges with her friends and her family after the seb stuff that cough of stews isn't getting any better and kelly doesn't think to ask about it stew reveals though that he used to be a chef and has a wife and a daughter he hasn't seen in ages somewhere possibly south america
0: right and that he's homeless because he lost his job due to covid but it seems like he's been on the street longer than two years because he's quite experienced in, you know, when oh, fresh, when freshco's throws away their sandwiches and mm. and
1: his dental plan's still valid though, <laughs> at least, at least something.
0: And you know the the indignity he has about you know living rough and and people looking down their noses at you for living rough and everything. This man has been homeless longer than COVID.
1: <laughs> I thought so. So, our Man tracks down Daniel, forgetting that it was Laura the chin he was actually looking for. And he tells Daniel that he's worried about Kelly and Daniel's like, why are you speaking to me? <laughs> Imran has roped Daniel into pretending to be a journalist interested in buying Kelly and Laura's story again which lures Laura the Chin to the bistro and into Imran's clutches. Ha ha ha. After a fashion, Laura admits that she hasn't seen or heard from Kelly in ages and Laura thinks that Kelly is old enough and ugly enough to look after herself now. Homeless Jews starts to whine.
0: she's got a new fella with a hot tub and a pergola...
1: Right. <laughs> she's quite funny, Laura, isn't she? She's is quite funny. Homeless Jew starts to wind Kelly up by telling her to swallow her pride and go and stay with her mate. Kelly insists that no one loves her and she's eaten her biscuit and so she tells Homeless Jew to fuck off and be homeless somewhere else. Then Billy meets up with Imran and rover. Still no news from Kelly and no new sightings. Imran is worried sick and they're out of theories as to where she could be. Imran thinks she's probably on the streets, which is what Billy said yesterday. They could find her at a moment's notice if they really wanted to. One would think. And sure enough, Kelly is under the cardboard when a drug dealer offers her some free spice. Because again, we're on dune. Here's some nutmeg. Knock yourself out. We're on dune now. Kelly refuses, but one worries how long she'll be able to resist. Kelly Atreides. Right. On Friday, it's the next morning. Homeless Kelly is once more being harassed by the drug dealer who leaves his number on a cigarette packet. Classy. Along along comes Jacob to scare the dealer away. And then along comes Homeless Stu to scare Jacob away. And then along comes the demons from Homeless Stu's nightmares to scare away Homeless (laughs) Stu.
0: Yeah, Jacob's back. He's not dead.
1: (laughs) Right, you were worried that he was dead.
0: I thought for sure he was dead. But apparently, not only is he not dead, he's back to dealing. Even though Harvey's behind bars again he's, he's
1: working for sharon now then
0: he must be one would
1: assume somebody's working for sharon
0: <laughs> and he she, he warns her against the spice because it'll turn her eyes blue
1: <laughs> so bad <laughs> so Homer shoe goes to see nina at uh, nina's rolls because it's nina's rolls now who is unusually cheery considering that Roy left his home thanks to her and Abby less than 24 hours ago. Homeless Stew tries to get Nina to forgive Homeless Kelly and encourage her home. But Nina and Asha both tell him to fuck off out of their faces.
0: Yeah, and Asha needs to back off here. Mm-hmm. Because Nina can speak for herself. Absolutely. Asha well, is so overbearing. I just, I can't stand her anymore. And that makes me sad that I can't stand this teenage child.
1: Homeless Shu gets back to Homeless Kelly and explains his run-in with Nina, which infuriates Homeless Kelly. He goes off to speak for the hostel. That man never sits peace for five minutes. He's always going somewhere.
0: Right. Why not just take her with you? But didn't he say you should come with me and she refuses? Yes. Yeah. This time.
1: But later. she decides to give that drug dealer a call after all. Hello, drug dealer. Hi, it's Homeless Kelly here. I'm looking for some free drugs, please. And later we see Homeless Kelly is out of her tits on spice. Homeless Stew comes back and is gutted to see her like this. He tells her to hold tight and goes off to get help.
0: Right, instead of picking her up and taking her to the hospital. Yeah, because she looks like she's about to vomit again. In, in her own
1: mouth. But she doesn't hold tight and she goes off for a wander.
0: Yeah, because apparently she she may be high off her tits, but she can still walk? Yeah.
1: And is, Kinda? And is keen to go and do some begging in front of some kids. They laugh at her and call her a dosser and somebody calls her a bitch, which took my... Uh, took me by surprise. Yeah, a
0: bit. yeah, it was.
1: And then they pour beer over her head. Nina comes along and sees the scene play out and has flashbacks to the night of Seb's attack, and she's having a panic. And then she manages to uh, get her courage together and intervenes, shouting on the youths to leave her alone. And the horrible youths despair slowly when they hear a police siren, and homeless Kelly breaks down in tears and gratitude. And later, it's all calmed down, and Nina claims that she was only passing, but then admits she was looking for Homeless Kelly after speaking with Homeless Shoe.
0: Okay, if it was so easy for Nina to find her, what's, Imran what's, what's wrong with Imran? But then again, let's remember, Imran got lost on the way to Leanne and Nick's flat. <laughs> right.
1: So, Nina thinks that they're not that different, the two of them. She tells Homeless Kelly to come home. She'll uh, She'll help her. So, Nina takes Kelly to Addie's and she can stay as long as she speaks with Imran and Toya, says Adi. And uh, Kelly agrees to do that. Asha comes downstairs and throws some daggers at Kelly, but Kelly's still stinking of beer and has other things to worry about. Right, yeah. Asha, of course, is more concerned about Nina's thoughts in the matter, but Nina says it's the right thing to do and it's what Roy would have done. That's true. She and Asha arrange to meet at Nina's roles later. And as she's waiting, uh, in the dark in the closed cafe Nina has a little bit of a panic attack Worried about Asha who promptly arrives Wondering where the fire was Because she's had like 8 messages w- Or 8 missed calls from her mm-hmm. Nina pretends that everything is okay And the two of them head upstairs to watch a video And that's how we end this week's episodes
0: And winch the face off one another
1: One would imagine but what's up with Nina?
0: She has PTSD
1: Right yeah. Is that it? Yeah <laughs> Next <laughs>
0: I hate, I hate all the you know, camera tricks and sound effects. I think
1: sometimes it works better than others.
0: It it does not work here. It not It wasn't it's, great. It's kind of annoying, and it would, and it feels like something that they fall back on way too often.
1: And thrown in that, really, in the last scene of the, the episode, right, in the week, making it seem kind of, yeah, last minute, sort of thing. I don't know. It was it was weird. PTSD, you reckon?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because she's reminded of her own attack when she sees these guys attacking Nina, and it. it but then
1: she was worried about Asha as well. Though. Like Asha had got lost on the way across the street.
0: See, I didn't read it that way. I read it as she desperately wanted Asha to be there because she doesn't want to be alone. That makes sense. Yeah, it almost got really, really dark there. If Nina hadn't shown up. It kind of seemed like they were insinuating that Kelly was going to get assaulted with the way that one guy is like, get down on your knees and, and beg for it.
1: Yeah, I was wondering...
0: In broad daylight.
1: Getting a, a young girl down on her knees yeah. in front of a man is kind of... It kind of resembles right. or suggests something else, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm glad it it's kind of like that other creepy guy getting kneed in the newts.
1: But the Friday... The Friday Kelly stuff was just so depressing. Yeah. And we were I think already thinking after she got out of uh prison, like, how long is this going to go on for that she's getting not a right. single break? And it you know, was part of it was her own stubbornness and mm-hmm. communication problems and stuff like that. But that was all kind of one thing. But what happened on Friday was just getting Oh, as soon as she called that drug dealer, I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake! I don't know if I can watch any more of this." Yeah, this is already getting. Yeah, just this isn't entertainment it's, it's, anymore. Especially,
0: it's, yeah, it's it's torture porn. Right. Yeah, and you know, especially since she was so good at saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested either in shagging you or taking your free drugs." Because mm. remember, that drug dealer first says, "Come on, love, you want to get you want to get warm." Right. So that's like three potential sexual assaults on Kelly in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I have less of that, please.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I, I wanted to kind of shake Billy there too, because Imran's like, well, has, has Kelly called summer and, and Billy's like, oh, well, I don't think so. But then again, they're not really friends anymore. And it's like, well, why not? Mm hmm. You know, Summer was the one who forgave Kelly first and was trying to take care of her because, you know, that's what old summer would do, right? <laughs> you know, and not and not be so focused on her own needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it that and the, was and the really peer frustrating. Pressure of her
1: friends as well. She was far far more willing to stand up against right what her friends were doing to do something that she deemed to be right,
0: right. Yeah. But, but
1: now she's now she fancies Daniel though.
0: Right, and she wants to get into Oxford.
1: So she can't do three things at once. No. She can barely do two things at once.
0: Yeah. So it's just
1: And Billy Billy says that he thought he saw. Her. He he couldn't be sure because she had a hoodie. Right. So kelly has a hoodie so it, it could have been her and, right. and most likely and was. the
0: fact that she was walking towards and then when she saw him she started walking away that would make you suspicious that that person knows you somehow
1: and she was there uh, with homeless stew so there right. you go billy there's two people you can be looking for or, or asking after you can ask asking right. after kelly and you can also be asking after stew who, who it was somebody who you know well enough to know his name right because if it wasn't for you nobody would know his name
0: Actually, no, that's not true. He didn't remember Stu's name. It was uh, the other homeless guy that
1: Sean knew. No, outside Roy's Rolls, uh, Billy came out and Ash and Nina were asking after him. And, oh, yeah, that's Stu. Yes, yeah, Stu comes to the soup kitchen all the time. Hmm. Billy knew his name.
0: Yeah, Billy's useless.
1: <laughs> we will see this on the uh, the November empty Couple of
0: mm. Oh, that's right. Cause there weren't... I thought we used that in October. I thought that was October.
1: That no, was another Billy one.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Billy. I think. I mean, it was October. Because, yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, it's just... So many of these storylines hinge on one person refusing to talk to another when they really should be talking to that person.
1: Oh, I would say upwards of
0: 80%. And that's just too much. One or two storylines fine it's a soap opera Mm -hmm. but for all of them to hinge on that or almost all of them to hinge on that it gets kind of dull after a while
1: i mean i think the only one really that that passes is is roy because people are speaking to roy about it but he's just choosing not to listen right and then we've got the nick and sam stuff where somebody really needs to have a word with nick and yes faye probably needs to speak to craig and dump him (laughs) tell me fuck off right yeah there's maria and i don't maria think maria it...
0: and sally are talking to one another at least
1: but i don't think maria's saying exactly what she thinks or exactly what she means she's allowing herself to be stimulated by sally which she wasn't doing a couple right. of weeks ago which is a uh, little bit weird anyway Sudan Z- is refusing to speak to his family about the, right. the mess that he's found and himself aggie
0: in. Is ref- and ed are refusing <laughs> to tell michael about Grace's blackmail, right
1: yeah there are plenty of examples i <sighs> i mean i'm if I'm glad at anything that I'm glad that that Kelly's with uh the Allihans Allihans. and that that this whole thing seems to be of uh sorted now, yeah quicker than it was with the sean thing because if we were looking at Sean levels of this yeah. for another couple of weeks would have been skipping through this story like, right. she would have movies.
0: eventually gotten sexually assaulted. And I would refuse to watch the show again.
1: I couldn't have watched those. No. uh, This storyline any more than we did. It was tough enough going. Yeah. There's not an a lot of people who don't think that she's worth the the effort, that the character isn't worthy of saving and really hasn't really earned her place in the street. And I I I don't don't, think that's true. I don't agree with that at all. I I I think she is an interesting character.
0: And I think she's a good wee actress.
1: Oh, absolutely. She needs to be happy every now and again.
0: Yeah, well, you know, remember for a long time they refused to allow Emma to be happy, and they refused to allow Asha to be happy, and both of them are technically happy at the moment. Mm-hmm. So they had to have one woman who's really sad and being abused on the street, yep. and that it's it's Kelly's turn, I guess. Thank goodness, because Yasmin's already had her turn, mm-hmm. and um, and like I said, uh, Asha's had her turn, Emma's had her turn. So, it was just Kelly's turn.
1: I think Nina's had her turn as well. Nina's
0: had her turn, yes. Yeah. The show is not the show without some woman being assaulted or manipulated or abused.
1: And that's why we love it. (laughs) So, that was the week that was Coronation Street. I mean, I got through that much quicker than I thought we would be because my notes on Friday were so slimmed down. And there's usually like upwards of thirty-eight, forty scenes in an episode, and I think it was, I think I wrote twenty-nine down, which was just oh, I just can't bring myself to summarize this. Just it's it's ruining my Friday. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, what was your moment of the week? Uh,
0: George and Sam looking at. the Oh, it's Sam
1: again.
0: It is Sam again. It wasn't Sam last week. Last week it was Debbie, and we don't give it to the Undertaker very often
1: we don't that's true
0: you know and 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 george's little speech there about you know all the things sam is going to see in his life and just the way he is interacting with the wee boys just so delightful
1: it's more the undertaker's moment of the week than it is sam's moment correct Yeah. yeah
0: you know and as as much as i'm happy that he and eileen are finally a couple the Undertaker and Eileen stuff is never going to be my moment of the week, you know. It's 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 the Undertaker being a grandpa to Sam and a and a father to Todd that that really work really well personally for yeah. me. Yep. You know, it it allows Tony Maudsley to really just blossom as as a as the new father figure of the street now that Roy's gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. I think we really have to go with that. There was I'm not taking anything away from it, but there really was precious little else. That is our moment. Moment
0: Moment of of the the week. week. Moment of the week. I
1: forgot I had a button for that. (laughs) (laughs) Your important moment of the week.
0: You've got a button for everything, Madalin. Uh-huh. That that is the (laughs) rumour. Uh Daniel getting offended that he's been cropped out of a picture.
1: Is it? I thought it's maybe homeless stew, and there's all these words of wisdom that were starting to really get on my nerves on Friday. Or is it?
0: Or is it? Or is it uh, Daniel trying to get Sam or not Sam Max to apologize to Summer?
1: Uh, I, I think if I may, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to give it to homeless stew.
0: I didn't find that boring. I, I think it's the that last sweet. that we're probably
1: going to see of them. No, I I, that
0: better not be the last we see of homeless stew. He's I, great.
1: I think he's, he's going the way of homeless Carol.
0: No, he better not, because he's got a cough, let's remember, that we haven't addressed yet.
1: Yeah, so he's going to die. <laughs> and, cough, he's going to die mean death. and he's gonna
0: die. he's gonna die on the on the steps of, of Nina's rolls. Oh on Christmas. On Christmas.
1: Oh bloody hell. It, Trying it to is, sell matches. That is that is going to happen.
0: And everybody's gonna to try to save homeless stew. I love homeless stew.
1: So do I. I just wish they didn't have a... Cough. A, well.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Ken survived his cough. Let's remember. Hmm. Ken had a cough and he survived. I'd much rather Stu survive.
1: Fair enough. I don't care anymore. It's Daniel then for whatever it was you said. That's our... A Daniel
0: being week. offended because he's been cropped out of a photo.
1: There we go. <laughs> Shall we wrap this one up then? Yes, please. If you've ever... <laughs>
0: Been cropped, out of, a cropped photo. out of a
1: photo I mean it just spikes itself <laughs> We're the talk of the street at gmail.com And we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to Kofi.com. that's ko-fi.com Slash the talk of the street Check out the clicky clicky section of Vogel.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel And if you're so inclined please leave a rating and a review On the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice Thanks for making it to the end of another episode Thank you We will be back next week with more
0: talk of the, street. the
1: talk of the street Bye. Cheerio